0: Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends Podcast. If you want to hear the show, you can find it on Family Life Radio. If you want to find a station near you, you can go to myflr.org or stream it online.
1: Well, we got Nicole Jacobs Meyer with us. Take Back Your Joy Fighting for Purpose When Life Is More uh, Than You Can Handle. You know, with that title, I have to ask, you know, there's obviously, a, you know, in our Christian world, the difference between happiness and joy why don't you talk about that
2: yeah i mean i really think that happiness is something that is very fleeting and it's based on circumstances and i can just be happy for the moment for the day whatever but then joy joy is just so different it's the assurance that god is with us regardless of what we go through Joy is the unshakable foundation. Joy is a relationship with Christ. And I think it's very easy to combine the two and say the only way you can have joy is if you are happy, <laughs> but they are very different.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. And I've noticed this, that in our Christian world or our, you know, as a being a follower of Christ, it seems like, especially at church, you see each other and it's it's, it seems like it's almost a rule that you're supposed to just like, how you doing? Great. And <laughs> yeah. everything's just so surfacy. And how does that impact your joy?
2: Well, I think we read so many verses throughout scripture, like the Proverbs 31 woman who is able to laugh at the days to come. We read in James that we need to consider it joy when we face trials. And so I almost think that, we need to go deeper we need to understand what we're saying and go into the roots of the word and the gospel and really focus on how that affects other people when we're telling them to be joyful slash be happy when they're going through something really hard and mm-hmm. it's, it's meeting people where they are in a completely different way when we almost determine the definitions and talk deeper than just i'm fine how are you Oh, i'm good and (laughs) that's just shallow and it's surfacey. and there's so people are going through so much heartache and to get to that next level we need to be able to talk really deep and talk about the hard things as well as the great things
0: it's good appreciate that you know um nicole chapter three wow you know it may be easy to look at your life from the outside and assume everything is perfect, but for chapter three, <laughs> where yeah. you transparently share life-changing moments that qualify you to write this quote, the the greatest threat to Christian joy isn't our circumstances. Oh my, what a statement that you've made there. Please tell us some of the stories of your young life that really help you shape this belief that we can't rely on our circumstances for how we experience joy.
2: Yeah, growing up in a Christian home, it was so easy to feel like I was in a bubble—just a bubble of um, just being innocent and naive and having great surroundings, great people in my life. And I did the wannas thing. I did the Bible studies. I started the right. <laughs> yeah. I I started the prayer groups. I prayed at the flag. You know, I did quote unquote, all the right things. And that wasn't, it wasn't enough when trials really came because my, my foundation was more based off of feelings and circumstances instead of the unshakable foundation in Christ.
0: And Mm. there was
2: a huge difference. And I didn't know that difference until trials really came. And so once I went off to college, I was very excited to go spread the good news. And I was very naive in that. And I just thought I, I couldn't wait to get involved and to just share Christ with everybody. And it was a very difficult year with um, a verbally and emotionally abusive volleyball coach. And it just chipped away at my character and who I thought I was. And it was so much, it was so detrimental to my faith and who I thought I was in the Lord that I ended up having to quit the team, move back home, start my life over basically because it's what I worked for for, and towards for so many years. And right when I thought you know things were kind of looking up, I got involved in a new volleyball program, a new school, and just started to think that life was going well again. My dad kind of dropped a bombshell on our family and he was confessing how he was living in sin, living a double life. And then shortly after that, I went through the most horrific experience and was raped. And so having this slew of brokenness and pain and looking at my circumstances and thinking, how in the world am I supposed to pray and worship and read the word when god says he's my provider he's my shield he's my strength how does that like how can you reconcile with what your circumstances are versus what the bible is saying and so that was really this start of trying to understand this joy despite circumstances,
3: you know, and and take back your joy. You invite women to discover joy in the everyday moments mm-hmm. of life. And so why would you say it's so important to focus on the present instead of, you know, thinking back to the past, dwelling that, on that or even focusing too hard on what's ahead, on, on what the future potentially holds for you?
2: Right. I mean, it's it's so easy to get stressed about the future and or just dwell on the past and all the things that were maybe mistakes or things that could have gone differently and it's so easy to go in one of those extremes but we're not promised tomorrow and god is working and doing so much today and he is our daily bread and he is in working in and through us and the people around us today and so i just had to had the have this reshift of focus into what is god doing today what is he calling me today and how can he be my daily bread today what can i learn today it was everything was present instead of letting my mind wander into the future or the past and letting that you know stew bitterness and anger and all those things there's so much more thankfulness and being content with where we're placed now and that was it's hard to get there, though. You know, it's a daily struggle for sure.
3: You mentioned asking those questions, which obviously is is crucial. But what are some other practical steps that we can take to just stay in the moment, stay in the present?
2: I'm a huge journaler, and I think it really helps to write down whether it's gratefulness, your you know, five things you're thankful for for the day or just remembering what God has done so that when you look back on that, you can see how God met you in that moment. And so I'm I'm a firm believer in in journaling and also just having that safe, trusted person that you can talk with, vent with, and share all these deep things that you're going through, heartaches and joys, and just having somebody here, whether that's friend, counselor, spouse, and, and just really taking that time to be content with your surroundings who who has god placed right in front of you is it kids is it coworkers? is it girlfriends is it what family like who are those people that god has entrusted you with and that's a huge responsibility to be able to kind of take stock of who's in your life and and who is that in that circle of influence and that's just something that we are called to do is be a light in those Darkest places, but also in that circle.
1: You've been through some uh, pretty tough stuff. Chapter three is <laughs> was rocking my world. Yeah. I'll just say that. Uh, right. Yeah. you know, gosh, and including cancer, miscarriages, the volleyball situation. I mean, it was like it was like boom, 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 one after another. You've been raped. I I can't. I, and then the the situation with your father, and and. Telling him, you know, him breaking the news of of what the the double life that he was living. Um, yeah. Take us through that. What was? It? It, it seemed like it was one thing after another. I can't fathom yeah. that time span. And how did you react to all of that?
2: Not well, to be <laughs> honest. In the beginning, I mean, I think when like i said when i was just growing up in a christian home it's so different when you finally experience life and evil in this world and the sin and people have free will and you don't really know these things until you go through them and it's hard to even prepare for situations like that you you can't And I think my first initial reaction to most things, even today, which is not healthy, but it's always anger. I'm always just so angry, and I have so many questions, and I just don't understand because I have. I have a very justice-driven personality and so i wanted to take things into my own hands like i immediately after my dad shared his news i was like you're never gonna watch me play volleyball you're never gonna walk me down the aisle you're never gonna be involved in my life with future children i mean i just started i wanted to i wanted to get him i wanted him to feel how painful his decisions were but We can't do that. We are not God, and we are not the judge, and vengeance is His, and that's something that He wants. And so when I realized all of these things that have happened, all of the pain, all of the anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and frustration, all of that was keeping me from living a life of freedom and living a life of joy or peace I had none of that because of this anger and justice driven personality. And so when I was able to finally submit to the Lord and all of that and know my place before a sovereign powerful just you know God of justice, when I finally knew that, it it was so humbling finally to be able to say this is not my burden to bear anymore and this is not my judgment to cast and it's still a daily thing you know when things come up or someone hurts my kids or someone says something it's still like ooh you know you have that because we're sinful but thank the lord for jesus and what he did on the cross so that we actually have the holy spirit to be able to walk with us and teach us how to pray forgive love all of these things because without that there's no way there's no way i could have gotten through any of this Without him, you know,
1: have you, you know, I've been through some very difficult things as well. We've, my wife has multiple sclerosis. We have a, Ugh. we have a daughter diagnosed with multiple special needs and from birth until now, she's mm-hmm. 19 years old. Uh, you know, she's got cerebral palsy. She's non-ambulatory. Uh, she's nonverbal. verbal uh, It's become a very physical lifestyle and mm-hmm. I've got uh, a very bad back. Um, I need surgery and it's one of those tough things where it's like, I, uh, I need to be able to help with my daughter, but if I get surgery, I can't, then that's all of my wife wow. and she doesn't have the strength to do it all. And so I'm, we're, we're stuck. And so <sighs> it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's really hard. And I'm just wondering, do you, do you feel pressure to put on a happy face while you walk through these hard times and, and, and what do you do with that?
2: I think I did at first, and by the way, that is so hard. I'm so sorry you have to walk through that because I get it because of being completely debilitated after cancer and treatment and surgery. I couldn't do anything, and I wasn't even trying to be fake because... I, there was nothing in me that could be, I was just like, this is horrible yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to be honest, you know? And I think that the pressure I used to feel was to, you know, be godly, be, n- never talk bad, never s- complain, never, um, just always have this praise and thankfulness. And while that is strong and amazing, it's also, you know, when it's like not, true to who you are anymore Mm -hmm. and it's not exactly where god wants us because he wants an authentic heart Mm -hmm. he wants us to he wants to shoulder all those hardships the sorrows the pain he wants to shoulder that and i think we we think too highly of ourselves that we have it all together when we don't we all need jesus and i think with the whole cancer situation i was able to see God work through so many other people because I had to take the back seat and I had to just sit and watch when I'm such a go-getter type of person and I couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't even wash my own hair. My husband had to do everything. And that's when you see the hands and feet of Christ through other people And he will supply all of our needs. He will give generously. He will equip us and the people around us to help us get through that. But it's not until we submit and say, I can't do this anymore. And I am not God. And thank you for, you know, thank you, Lord, that you have people who are so quick to want to serve. And I finally saw that when I had to be debilitated, you know? So it's like, her
0: situation is in front of me. I first think of all the yeah, buts and how I don't think I'll measure up. And, um, so to walk in the confidence and contentment of Christ, how can we take steps towards that? Because I'm really impressed that you had so many opportunities to say, well, obviously I don't measure up, but yet, Um, God has provided for you how can we find our joy
2: oh man I think this is something that I'm actually dealing with all over again right now and it's it's something that again all of these daily practices all of these lessons all of these things that we learn throughout our lifetime they they come back and it just makes us stronger the more we grow in the Lord and in our faith but I think confidence really starts with just being so grateful with what you have, and with your lane, and what God has given you, and what he's blessing you with the ways that he has shown up in your life, the, you know, the pillars of faithfulness that has have already happened. And you're focusing on that you're focused on, you know, this, this idea of the daily bread of what God has given us and to know that he is so personal, that there is no other you out there. It's And it's this relationship and this oneness with Christ that we're able to have when we can submit and know that this, what I have right in front of me is all that I need. And I'm so grateful for all of it. And I think when trials come though, that it, it, sets us off a little bit to where no one's really grateful for trials. No one's grateful for, oh, I love suffering so much. No <laughs> one's saying that, right? <laughs> so when it's, yeah, it's easier to live this way when you don't have a lot of trials and mm-hmm. be content with what you have. But you add in the pain and you add in the heartbreak and and trauma and, heart, and just all of these hard things. That's when you have to go back to the word. You have to remember God's character and what he says all throughout scripture about suffering and about pain. I mean, even in Philippians, it says that it's a privilege of suffering for and with Christ. I mean, I don't think that, right? You know, I read that and I'm like, I don't think that it's a privilege to suffer for Christ, but that's what it says. And so if God is calling us to rejoice in our trials, then let's take that further and say, well, if he's calling us to this, there's got to be a he he's going to equip us and give us that strength to understand that. And so, every time you dive back into the word and you go deeper than just the picking apart verses for whatever is fitting your fancy for the day, going into like Romans, that the promise that God is going to produce in us character and hope and perseverance and strength and all of these things because of the pain. And so we can rejoice knowing that we're going to be made more like his son. And isn't that the whole point to glorify the Lord in all circumstances and to lead others to to him and make disciples. Well, the only way to do that is if we're actually walking with him and in this oneness side by side, knowing that when other people are watching our lives and we're rejoicing in our sufferings, that that speaks volumes compared to my life is so perfect and I have a big old house and everything's perfect and my family's perfect and all of that, then that's really easy to, you know, talk about God and oh, He's so great and look at this. But man, when you've got sufferings, and you can showcase the glory of God in that, I think that speaks volumes for non-believers and believers to be encouraged in the faith and keep going. Mm.
0: I love what you said about pillars of remembrance and looking back at what God has provided for you and and remind yourself um, of of those provisions um david did that he looked back before facing goliath and looked back at the well how god had provided so yeah i really appreciate that mm-hmm.
1: that's good yeah that leans into my next question you know during your cancer treatment your focus uh, shifted from your agenda to the lord's agenda mm-hmm. how did gratitude impact that mindset shift
2: Oh man, it was when my husband was serving and going through so much of his own. He was starting his intern year of pediatric residency the same week I got surgery. And we moved across the country. We didn't know anyone, we didn't have family. And he was playing, you know, mom and dad and, and cook and chauffeur and of course, being his first year of pediatric residency. So he had so much on his plate and I'm of, because I, I almost had this endurance that just never stopped. Like I just had, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Cause I'm so different now, but this go getter, like always doing something is how I was before cancer and to sit back during cancer. And the healing process of cancer and to see other people take the lead and to serve and just seeing God take care of all of our needs. That is what started making me think, okay, you know what? I have been living in my agenda this entire, my entire life. I really have. It's just been my kids, my schedule, my routines, what I'm doing. Like I'm the boss. I'm, I'm the controlling one. I'm all of these things, but When you can't do anything and you're sitting and watching what God is doing, it completely humbles you as it shifts from what you want, your control, your agenda, to wow, this overarching story of what God is doing in and through his people. And on a larger scale than just me and what i was focused on and i was focused on this pain i was focused on this healing and cancer and just all my questions and doubts and anger and then shifting that to seeing life is not about me
0: <laughs> life
2: is not about my schedule life is not about my routine and seeing how when god steps in and takes over Life is so much more filled with joy.
3: So switching gears just a little bit, something that impacts uh, a good portion of us, social media. (laughs) Um, (laughs) With the three of us. Uh, I spend a lot of time on it or is these two Kenken and, and sally are not so active and then I I'm active enough for the three of us <laughs> So I <laughs> wanted to know uh, How have you seen social media impacting your life and do you ever find that it starts Stealing your joy?
2: Absolutely. I've had to majorly set up boundaries with social media because I think we want to feel seen and valued and known and we want other people to share in our lives and I think sometimes we hop on social media to think maybe someone can share in my sufferings for the day you know we're supposed Mm. to share in each other's (laughs) sufferings and the joys and weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who are rejoicing but social media is all about the rejoicing part like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of the weeping with those who weep because that is meant to be in the body of believers with the people around you in your church in your life in your family your circle of friends and we think that well one i think we we think everybody cares like they just don't everybody (laughs) has their own lives and it almost made me think You know, every time I go on social media, I want some type of validation. I either want someone to notice me, I want someone to like my stuff, I want someone to comment, maybe message me, maybe whatever. But if we forget where our validation comes from and how we must decrease in order for the Lord to increase, then we have have this backwards. And once I realized how much it stole my joy and how much of this comparison game and and not staying in my lane and how I was so frustrated with either my life, my circumstances, whatever was going on, you got to put up those boundaries. And sometimes, you know what, if you got to delete it or go on once a week or set a timer and have that, like, you got to do what you got to do because we don't have time to compare when God is doing so much in each of our lives and we're too busy focused on other people's to see all the goodness that God has in front of us.
3: How do you find that you, I, I guess knowing that you need to set up the boundaries, one thing, I think we probably are all aware, yeah, we really need boundaries when it comes to social media. Yeah. The practical <laughs> setting up of those though, how do you find the discipline to that. <laughs> I,
1: Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you asking
2: for a friend? Uh, I am asking for a friend. Yeah, I am. Let's keep each other accountable. We can text and, and say, "Did you go on today?" You better not. Oh man, I think it does help to have like telling your spouse or a good friend and just saying like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." and i have an issue with going on social media and i need help and so you're going to you're going to be my accountab- accountability partner yay you and just having them check in on you and i think just verbalizing it makes it real You know, sometimes we have all these things in our mind of I'm never going to do that and I'm going to set boundaries and whatever you think. And then we don't do them because we actually need to verbalize it because then it's like now you have accountability. Now you actually have to follow through. Right. So even I don't know, for me, I have to delete the app or make it like a couple. You have to scroll over and then that's where my apps are. And so I notice instead of just picking up my phone and clicking it, I actually have to scroll over to find the app to go on. And that l- reminds me, oh, wait, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and so that helps. And then also setting the, um, the timers. You can set timers for your apps and then it will like, give you an alarm and say you have five minutes left and you have to like close the app. And so it just reminds you I don't know there's a couple things that i think you can implement but definitely speaking it out loud so that you have the accountability
3: (laughs) that's good i wonder if disabling i feel like the notifications are what get me where it's like Mm -hmm. you got a comment and i'm like oh and then, and then I'm oh, yeah. lost for, you know, three hours. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> oh yeah. I turned, I turned off those f- so long ago. I never get notifications now. So I have to like actually go scroll over and click. And then I remember, but also you can, um, something that has been helpful too is you can actually hide, com- um, hide comments and likes. And so when you go on and you post you you don't see anyone's likes. You don't see anyone's anything. You just see the photo or the reel or whatever. And I did that like, oh gosh, a year and a half ago, and I love it. I'm like, my engagement probably is bad, but I can't see anyone else's, so I have nothing to compare it to. So yay,
0: it's <laughs> a good idea. I
1: like you know, that. I I have the opposite. Uh, social media doesn't make me feel good. I get on yeah. there and I I don't know what it is. Um, I I just see a lot of people getting or wanting attention in it. and yeah. I, When I when I get on there, I feel like my life is not as interesting, um, and I feel pressure to generate a post, and I just feel right. icky. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't know why. No, I feel
2: that way. Oh, okay. I feel okay. that
1: way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right.
2: It takes a lot. It takes a lot for me to even want to post these days. I, Cause I just feel like it's so unnecessary and no one sees it and everybody's just screaming for attention and I don't want a part of that. And That's so I it. just, am like, I feel yeah. like I, and, I, feel like
1: I have to, that people want attention and I feel like, Oh, well then I have to have attention too. Right. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And that keeping up with like,
3: because for me, I think I feel, um, a need to entertain people. And so I feel the need to find the funniest stuff and I'll even catch myself. I'm like, Oh man, this, this has been up for a couple hours and nobody's laughed at it. Delete. I failed. I didn't entertain anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I I feel this weird responsibility to make somebody laugh or smile. And then if I, I don't, then I feel bad.
1: Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think turning off the likes and comments and then even posting and then shutting the app and not looking at it. And And I know they always say, oh, you need to engage and like comment on other people's and all those things to even get the engagement you're looking for. But it just seems so petty. And like we have so we have so much ahead of us right in front of us that we have this like tunnel vision on being known where really God's like, whoa, look at all these people in front of you that really do like your stuff and yeah. love who you are yep. and a like is this validation that is so meaningless we can't even take this stuff to heaven why do we even care you know it's True. like man. Good point yeah i don't know it's a it's a balance
1: yep let's just go back to
2: 2005. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, nicole thank you so much for hanging with us today this is good
2: thank you so much for having me
0: guys
1: Take back your joy. Fighting for the purpose when life is more than you can handle. Great book.
0: Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast heard on Family Life Radio. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.